This is the Kick Aspirational Podcast. Uh, it's kind of exciting. Uh, we've got some Thai visitors today. We've got Bobby and Nucci. And Nucci. She's going to pretend she's not here, but we've got Bobby and Nucci Narus. Uh, you remember Patrick Joe and uh, Patrick Joyce's husband, Patrick, who was on the podcast earlier in the first season. Um, this is Patrick's brother, Bobby, mm-hmm. and uh, sister-in-law, Joyce. I'm yes. sorry, and Nucci. Yeah. And uh, so Bobby and Nucci Narus, we're really excited to have you guys here. Uh, mm-hmm. We've done a lot of events together now. We've done some events in Thailand. Yep. We're going to be in Vegas next week. Mm-hmm. But uh, today we're here in Laguna Beach. That's right. And uh, yay, Nucci's excited. She's She is the background yes. excitement that's happening. I'll show and you guys up. You know, the, the Kick Aspirational podcast, I like to say, is all about helping people break through barriers in their mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I thought it would be fun to talk to you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, want to talk about where you come from and who you are, but then also talk about where you're going mm-hmm. and the journey that you're on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much you feel comfortable talking about. We had a great dinner conversation mm-hmm. before this about the mystical journey mm-hmm. that you're headed on right now. Mm-hmm. That's connecting back to the business that you've built mm-hmm. around the world. Mm-hmm. And so as we get started, I like to do this. Uh, can would you mind grabbing? Grabbing a cold can here, Bobby. Let's, uh... Oh, man, how's that? That is like the best sound on earth, right? Doesn't make your mouth salivate. Mm. Wow. So, while... Positive energy's flowing. While Nucci will pretend that she's not here, Yeah. I will pretend that I'm here. Okay. Okay? So you are here. <laughs> Nucci's not here. Okay. She may or may not be here. And, uh... So, Bobby, tell me, um... You and Nucci, you're from Thailand. Yes, from Bangkok, born and raised. Born and raised in Bangkok. Yep. Hangover three. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, and three. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. So, um, your family, so you both have great families. Your family mm-hmm. uh, is Chinese. They, you immigrated to Thailand 200 years ago, you yes. told me. Mm-hmm. And you were, your family's Catholic, Roman Catholic yep. in Thailand, which is highly, kind of unusual. Less than like three percent. Less than three percent. Yeah, of the whole population. And you told me that the 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 church that you grew up going to mm-hmm. was the first church that the Vatican planted, mm-hmm. so that Rome planted in Thailand. Is that right? Uh, it's among one of the first. Among one of the came first. From the first time that the Vatican decided to have direct mission to Thailand. Okay. So they started with three cities in in, in Thailand: Bangkok, my hometown, and another one is Chiang Mai. Oh yeah, Chiang Mai, of course, yeah, in the so north. Three cities are frontline, directly managed by Vatican. Wow. So uh, the, 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 the direct funding of the you know money that they build the church come from Vatican. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. And so you were raised Roman Catholic, effectively. Yes. And uh, and your brother was, your family was, and and. Your family joined our business in what year, roughly? Uh, started with my brother. He joined in 2002, I guess. And that he was, and Joyce was the one who basically brought That's him, right. his wife brought him in, but That's they weren't right. married yet. They weren't, they were girlfriend, boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. And Patrick, and she was like, Patrick was never going to do anything, but she never. just brought him he, along, right? Yeah, that's right. And then, uh, <laughs> with effective following up. Right, right. And the way that uh, she used to make sure that Patrick get to, to go to one of the meetings. <laughs> yeah. But that was in 2002, long before I started. Right. And when did you start? Two years after. Okay. Wow, when, two when, years later. When my brother already qualified Diamond. Wow, so you were, you just joined when he was already gotten Diamond. to that level. I'm his uh, EDC leg. 
You are his executive diamond. His, so so diamond is six legs. You are his ninth leg. That's right. I don't know which leg, but you know, seven, eight, or nine. And and you know, <laughs> so that's a pretty high level of success in our business. Mm-hmm. And your business today is what level? Right now, we are double diamonds in time. So that's even higher than the executive diamond business that you helped your brother accomplish when oh, you were yes. his ninth leg. That's right. So you guys have all built successful businesses together and independently of each other. Mm-hmm. And how many family members do you have that are that have been successful in the business? Started with my brother, right, and his uh, girlfriend, which is now technically my my sister-in-law. Sister-in-law, yeah. right. So they, they they both started first, and then and then us, right. But he, actually, before I started, there was other two of my brothers, my siblings. Right. So Patrick is the eldest brother and the youngest. So we have two in the middle. Yeah. They both uh, signed up before me and started the business. One of them was platinum. Oh, wow. And the other one was silver producer. That's fantastic. Though. Yeah. I'm the last guy who joined. Okay. So you've had a lot. And, and now today, you've got a couple of cousins. Yes. And uh, we have three more cousins. Uh, one of them is Emerald, which is another line of Patrick. Okay, which and is another six, is a fairly high success level in our business. That's right. And then uh, another is uh, Diamond, which is a fun line to me. Okay, my, my first cousin. <laughs> yeah, and he's a Diamond. And down the line is another cousin of mine, and he's a new Crown Ambassador last year. New Crown Ambassador, so the highest level. In so our totally in, in our family, there are five of us. Five of you, yeah, two family crown, and extended family. And you've got two crown ambassadors. Yes. One double diamond. Yes. Uh, one diamond. Yes. And one emerald. One emerald. That's as pretty of good. 2019. As of, as of today. And as in the past, today. you also had a, a platinum and a silver. So That's right. All great businesses. Mm-hmm. And your family's uh, had a lot of success together doing this. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, I think that's a good starting place. So tell me, um, you know, you guys are, you and Nucci, you're, you're living in Bangkok. Um what were you doing before you joined the Amway business? For me, I was in uh, college and also working as my my first employment job. Mm-hmm. Was working for our American investment banking firm. Ducci was a software engineer. Yeah. For Hewlett Packard. Wow. But she doesn't look like engineer. She doesn't look like anything. She, well, she looks beautiful. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Not supposed to be dealing with computers anyway. There's a brain. There's a brain in there. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, she hates her job. Then uh, she decided to try something new. Her okay. friend one day asked her to to try becoming flight attendant for Japan Airlines. Oh wow! So she decided to accompany her friend, just to go with her friends. Yeah. She ended up. Getting the job. She got a job as a as a as a flight, like, flight attendant for and Japan Airlines for JAO. Yeah, but her friend Nucci. didn't. But her friend didn't. Wow. <laughs> I worked there for a year. You worked just, there for just a year. year. Yeah. Where did you fly, Nucci? Huh? What what what, um, what, what routes? Japan to Hawaii mm. to Saipan to Guam. It just all the Saipan, Guam, Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a, those sounds sound like great routes. Yeah. Right. Right. You're always going to nice places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> wow. So why, why did you quit that? Um, By the way, Nucci is, did not want to join this interview because she was worried about her English, but I'm, obviously she speaks English just fine. So <laughs> why, did you, why, did, why did you quit that, Nucci? Because I got hurt on my neck and shoulder. How'd you get hurt? 
Um, I think I hold a teapot for a long, long time. <laughs> wow. Like, it's very heavy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Chinese, like... Oh, ceramic or something? Or, yeah. yeah, ceramic things and then hold this for, you know, like every day, like for one year. And wow. Hurt. And it hurts your neck and shoulder. Coffee or tea? Coffee or tea. Coffee or tea? And you're standing there for like, as people are like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too many choices. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Then I quit. And, and then what? Then I joined Amway. Really? But before that, I think to explain, you can explain about when you, you before Amway, you wanted to try businesses and you try to look for some information about any kind of business experiences and then she ended up with Amway from a recommendation of a friend. Yes. Really? Is that true? Yes. So you were looking for entrepreneurial types of activities. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're looking around trying to find a business and did you have a lot of money to invest? Not really. Not really. Yeah. Did you have a lot of experience in entrepreneurship? Not, Not really. really. <laughs> no. So you were looking for an early entry kind of opportunity where you could do something and own something, have equity, but you didn't. I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth, but is that kind of what you were doing? Yes, right. Okay. In more particular, she need to draw a business plan, which is uh, something to get a loan from a bank, right? Right. And she doesn't know how to build it. Yeah. How to build it. Isn't that isn't that half the battle, right? So if you're when you want to start a business, a lot of us want to start businesses, uh -huh. but the whole process of doing it isn't something they teach you in school, right? I mean, you didn't go to school where they were like, here's how you write a business plan for a bank yeah. so you can start a business. No. No. So the question becomes, how do I want to own a business? I would love to start a business. I'm willing to do the work. How do I do it? And there's not a lot of places you can do that. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. And so you decided, you know what? I'll start with Amway. Um, or how, how, did that, how, did, how did it happen? Actually, not really, because the, the one who uh, wrote me a business plan, she joined me before. Okay. Yeah, and then I had, I had to go to the meeting many times. So you had to go to a meeting many times. To finish the business plan. To finish the business plan. Then I heard someone say something on the stage. Wait, so you were at an Amway meeting to finish a business plan? Yes, mm -hmm. right, right. For a loan for a bank? Mm -hmm. Yes, right. It had nothing to do with Amway? Mm -hmm. No, nothing. <laughs> so why were you at Amway meetings? Oh, because I have to wait for her. Oh, so you were, this is awesome. So you were going to Amway meetings to wait for the person who was helping you create your business plan for the other business you yes, were creating. Right. That's fantastic. That's a great story. And so as you were waiting at the meetings, you were watching the meetings? Um, or not really? Not, yeah, not really. Like, uh, I just like, you know, like I heard and then I don't want to hear. I heard and I don't want to hear like that. So you were sitting, you, you weren't really trying to listen, but you were hearing it anyways. Yes, right. And, and then I sit. You were sitting outside. You're sitting in the but back. I, at the back. You're like, I'm just here because I'm trying to meet this person. I don't mm -hmm. really want to listen to this yeah, presentation. Right. Got it. Like, I don't want like anyone like. Shake my hand, like, you yeah. know. Yeah. I'm not in this thing. I'm just <laughs> yeah. here for this person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get it. No, no, I get it. Um, so what what was it where you were like, oh, maybe I should look at this. Maybe I should do this. When, when, I, like, when I saw the Amway business plan. Ah, when yeah. you actually saw it. The marketing plan. The marketing, the marketing plan. plan. Yeah. That's when you're like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe this is the plan I've been yeah, looking for. Yeah, it's win-win business. And then win-win business. Have a high quality of the products. Yeah. Then I try the product first. 
So actually, I opened my mind when I see the marketing plan. So you saw the plan. Then, yeah, so you were like, hey, this makes some sense. Yes. And then you tried the products to see if there were belief, yes, if you right. believed it. Because if the product is not good, I cannot do this. Then the plan won't work. Yeah. Right. Okay, this is, by the way, one of the things I love right now, mm-hmm. you didn't want to be in this interview. You're, you're sitting at the far end of my living room table, <laughs> and we're, we're talking to you with no microphone. I hope people can hear this, because this is awesome. This is one of the best things I've heard on my podcast so far. I'm trying to repeat what you're saying, because this is really cool. So you, were, you would go to meetings because you were meeting somebody there who was helping with your business plan for a non-Amway business, and as you were watching the marketing plan, you're like, wait a minute, this makes tons of sense. And then you're like, okay, well, let me try a product and see if the products work. Because if the products don't work, then this plan doesn't work. And what was your experience with the product? I tried the atmosphere first because I got... Atmosphere. Added, so, you, yeah. so this is the, the air, the air, yes, the, right. the air filters. Yeah. Because I, I got allergy like so many years before. Okay. So you had allergies. And so you're looking for something to clean the air in, the, in your yes, home. Yes, right. And I tried so many air purifier before. Hmm. And when I try this, it's different. Wow. Yeah. How many air, air purifiers had you tried before? I think three, four. Three or four. Yeah. Because I had to go to see doctor every three months to do to fix the thing about allergy. So you need allergy medication? Yeah. Or right. are you getting shots? Um, like something in, like, you know, sucking oh, something like in chi- my nose. Is like it Chinese that. medicine? No. Western it's medicine? Like Western. Okay. Yeah. So you would see a doctor to clean out your nasal cavities and you needed something so you didn't have that problem you wanted to and and you needed an air purifier to make that happen yeah and then i try and then i feel like oh the air is lighter wow i breathe like more how to say easier easier wow and i try for three like almost a week and then I feel like I'm not got, like get the headache anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then oh yeah, I, I like this one. Very cool. And, and you know, like when I read the book at night, it the light when when you turn on the light, you will see like the dust thing. Yeah, yeah. When I use the air purifier, it's you don't like, see the dust. Oh yeah, and actually, my parents' house like clean like we have someone to clean so you're always cleaning the house yeah every day but there's a lot of dust floating around you know what's funny is this podcast is not about selling amway or selling a product i just like to have a casual conversation and what's what i love about this conversation is i know you didn't come into this conversation you didn't want to be a one you didn't want to be part of the interview two you certainly weren't sitting down to talk about amway or atmosphere Mm -hmm. but this is what inspired you to get started in a business that is, if I can put it mildly, I mean, it kind of has transformed your life, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Definitely. And, and yeah. uh, again, not selling the business. I, and I don't care what business people are in mm-hmm. or what they do to transform their lives, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to know a lot of very successful people in our business, mm-hmm. so occasionally you know, I like to bring um, some of our interesting distributors from around the world onto the podcast mm-hmm. to talk. But I've also had, you know, a lot of different people, Danica Patrick, race car driver, um, Dalton DeVos, just sailed a boat around the world. Um, you know, there's a lot of different people. And some of them aren't successful. Some of them are struggling. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a friend in New Zealand, Mark Fitzgerald, who has a lot of struggle right now in his life with mm-hmm. his weight. And he's using, um, he's on a, 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 he just got involved in a, in a Neutralite program to, mm-hmm. to lose weight. Um, but he's also struggling with some, you know, some, uh, 
some some uh, mental health issues mm-hmm. that are, that are you know with stress. So it's just you know it's I think part you know, and Bobby, we've talked about this a lot. Part of the 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 journey is the struggle, mm-hmm. right? It's the suffering, mm-hmm. and it's learning to embrace the suffering and realize mm-hmm. that the suffering, you know, isn't just a bad thing. It's kind of mm-hmm. what shapes us mm-hmm. and what creates maybe greatness inside mm-hmm. of us. Um, and I hope I'm not putting words in anybody's mouth. Correct me if you disagree. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, tell me a little bit about the struggle. So you saw the business. You got excited about it. You had seen it from your brother. Your brother was already successful. Mm-hmm. What was the hardest thing about getting involved in a business like, like this? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the honest answer for this. Yeah. I would say one way to look at it is there actually no struggles when you are there's actually no struggles no struggle because there are so many ways to put it right so in the first angle i want to show people to understand that in fact when your mind is so focused right and you're thinking positive and you are in the state of mind no matter what happens you don't see anything that's blocking you as obstacles just hurdles to get over just feel like but that only happens when you focus <laughs> but when it comes to another times in your life yeah. when you are seeing something that you constantly be stuck with, right I think it's just only something that you tell yourself that is a struggle so in every business for me personally looking back there's no struggles no struggles yes the real struggles that I think is more important not particularly not particularly in only in Amway yeah been in all kind of business, the real struggles kind of success. in life. Yeah, I think the real struggle of success is to maintain the momentum and to keeping yourself in the game. To always be kind of in it, on it, making Not it happen. Not only in Amway, but I think in everything. That's the real struggle. Keeping the hustle going. Yeah, the real struggle comes when you don't need to be out there. When you have a lot of time on your hands. That's right. When you need to be out there, of course, you don't mind the rain. Right. <laughs> so you don't even... When you're running struggle. in a marathon, the rain doesn't matter. That's right. So those people who are still talking about struggle, they're not in the game. Mm. And those people who are already in the game, they don't talk about struggles. So that's really... That's, so the people who are in the game don't talk about the struggles. They don't feel the pain because they're yeah. winning. They're fighting. They're, they're, and they're if they talk to the people with the same state of mind, right? It's after the, fa- after the battles when you feel yeah. the pain. Even they're not in the same game, but in a game, any kind of game. Yeah. So, so they, they, they share that kind of, you know, resonance that there's no such thing as uh, obstacles or struggles. But the real challenge comes when everything seems to be perfect and you don't need to do anything. When you've, when you've achieved or accomplished and, and you, then, you've, you've, you've got, you've, so you, you set a goal, you hit right. the goal, and now you're like, oh, I can just coast. Mm-hmm. That's, that's when right. it becomes hard. And when you look at the watch and the time is not running out. You thought that it's over. No, you're not dead. You got too much time in the clock. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to start to think. And that's when clarity comes. Wow. That's, you know, that's a huge insight. I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever heard that on this podcast. And I'm not sure if I've read that in a book. Mm-hmm. But it's the idea that, I mean, I, I can tell you, when I was in college, the worst semesters I ever had mm-hmm. was when I wasn't busy. <laughs> right? It's like right, a college, right, right. Uh, particularly me, like a college student with too much time on his hands, mm-hmm. I just find all kinds of mischief, mm-hmm. right? Still still true, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like the last thing, I, I've accomplished a lot, you know, we've made some money, we've sold our business. Mm-hmm. The worst thing I can do is stay home mm-hmm. 
and screw around. That's right. Right. I need to stay busy. If I don't stay busy, I get in trouble. Mm. And you know why? Tell me why. I think because the mind doesn't want to know that it cannot be busy. The, the mind, the mind, <laughs> the mind doesn't want to know that it cannot be busy. Yes, that's what I believe, and I think that um, the struggling, the, the struggling, right? The struggling bring us to a point, okay, to realize what true struggle really means. Right. And, and, and why look, is that? Why is that? Why does the mind want us to struggle? Because it has to keep busy, and it it, it cannot realize that it has no importance. But also, do you, I mean, uh, maybe I'm jumping ahead, or maybe disagree. Do you think the mind or the soul or the spirit wants us to struggle? No, no. Because that's where the where we where greatness comes from. Even we are in struggling times. Okay. If we are super focused and we know the, the purpose, right? We mm-hmm. don't even feel struggling. Mm. That was we are talking before, right? Right. But even if in the, in the busy times when you're working right. hard, you don't you don't realize you're struggling. So I I, I would call it like wartime. Right. Okay. In the wartime. But when it comes to the peacetime, that's when you see struggling. Right. The stucco is... And by the way, that's, that's the worst behavior in people is during peacetime. That's peace right. Time. And suckling is inactivity. Inactivity. Right? But right. you have so much going on sometimes with the focus and with the right mindset. You don't feel nothing, right? Right. But when you are too, too, too out of touch with reality that, that, that we want to pursue, right? Yeah. You started to see the suckling. Right. And that create clarity of priority life. So this, the, the, the work creates the clarity and priority in life? Because after Stucklo and you feel like, okay, what you're going to be doing with the rest of the time that you have, right? Right. Then you're becoming more mindful about what really important in your life. Well, that's interesting. So it's right? the, the, the reflection helps the you reflection. be more mindful. Yeah. And after we become clear, then the next stage of life is growth. Right. Now you, we will do less of the wrong things. Focus on the right things. And then we, we will do more right things rightly. Mm. So I think, I think that is the process. So when I look at the stucco in the business, right? If I talk to you, I would say no stuckles. Right. But of course, if we talk to the people with a different game. Right. They're not even in the game. Right. Of course, I, we understand what stucco means. Stucco for them is just because they don't have goals. That's it. No, and, and I think you're right. Like when, when you are busy mm-hmm. and, the wor- and you're working hard because you have so much going on, mm-hmm. it's so much fun mm-hmm. that it doesn't feel like work. That's right. It feels like play. That's right. Because mm-hmm. you're like winning, you're, you're hitting stuff, you're missing stuff, you're making it happen, mm-hmm. you're figuring it out, something breaks, you fix it. I mean, it's, all those things are awesome. Mm-hmm. The worst thing is a slow day. Mm-hmm. That's I, right. I, I, I say that when I, I used to wait tables and, and you know, when I would wait tables in college. I did that too. Right? <laughs> yeah. What's the worst day waiting tables? A slow day. Mm-hmm. You're sitting around doing nothing. You're not making mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. You're getting in fights with somebody about something stupid. You mm-hmm. know, it's just, it's a waste of everybody's time and energy. Mm-hmm. When you're busy and you're slammed, mm-hmm. right? When everybody's at the restaurant, everybody wants something right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're running and it's, you're sweating, but it's so much fun you're working so hard you're making money and the day the night goes so fast right mm-hmm. it's gone before you even started mm-hmm. because it's it's exciting mm-hmm. it's progress mm-hmm. um no that's 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 a huge insight thank you for that that's really good thank you yeah and Nucci, thank you for uh i mean i love this whole idea that you <laughs> went to amway meetings to help to get a business plan put together 
and you ended up seeing the Amway sales and marketing plan and saying, well, maybe this is the plan I was looking for. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, so the struggle is real, but maybe you don't feel it until after you don't, there's too much time. That's right. And then you reset and you figure out what the next yeah. thing is. So that's like an illusion, right? That we need time to understand time. Mm. And we need time to understand that time doesn't exist. Tell me about that. So, I mean, it, it feels like the reason, the only reason that we actually have the time yeah. and we can feel time yeah. is because of we can see changes. Right. So if we see something, so, so, so time is when we appear to see something progressing, mm-hmm. right? Or regressing. That's right. There's a starting point and ending point. That's yeah. what time is for humans. Progress or regress. Right. Yeah. And I think by being there and, 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 and feeling with time, right? That's why we need to make mistakes. So the whole idea of mistake is just uh, progress in reverse. Progress in reverse. That's good. You get, you get the yeah, feeling yeah. that what I mean, right? So, so in the beginning, we, we, we were not very good friends with mistake when we were kids. And then after we get to college, we start working, we be in business, we're starting to make friends with mistake. You learn that the failure is where you learn the That's most. That's right. And we, yep. we start to change the mindset towards that. Right. But I think at the end, we come to realize that, in fact, mistake is just a mother of all other success. Right. And failures also. If you don't fail, how do you really succeed? That's right. And we cannot just judge it by moment to moment. You have to see the whole time as duration. Right. Not just time. Right. So explain that a little bit. So time as duration, not just so, as time. So, for example, like when, when, when you see this table, right, make it made out of wood. So we tend to see it as a wooden table. Right. We're stand, sitting at a large teak dining room table. Yeah. Right, and, and this particular dining table is a wooden table. It is a wooden table. But if we see it as a duration, is at the, at the inception point when this tree was grown in the soil. Yeah. And at this time that it become a table for us. Mm. And after maybe 20 years, it might be, you know, I don't know what gonna, people are going to do with this table, right? Maybe it end up becoming uh, ashes. Sure, maybe they burn it, maybe it becomes, a, it goes into a, a... Because of our existence, yeah. we come to see and tell them this is a wooden mm. tree, a wooden table. Right. But if we see it as a whole duration, the time that it started... From the seed to the tree, to the, the tree, table, to, the, tree, to, to all the, the way to the ash. Right. It happens to the soil. Yeah. as a whole, right? Yeah. So I think it's the same thing with human life and about how we see success. Because we tend to, you know, this at the, at, at the dinner today, right. you mentioned this. We're having a long conversation about uh, f- spirituality at dinner today. It's yeah. about connecting the dots, but you will know what the dots is drawing only when you get to the end and look mm. back, right? So you have to pass through the whole thing to see how the thing makes sense. Right. And how many times in our life we have to wait until we see the end to understand that it means something. Right, right, right. So... So if we can live each moment from now on and understand that everything happened for a reason, not just by saying, but to really understand that everything makes sense. Sure. It, so, all, it, it all comes together in the that's end. That's right. And, yeah. and, 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 and this is the right moment where it is. So even pain, you remember, David, you mentioned this. Suffering, at, at yeah. Suffering or even pain, even it has to go that way. 
right. is the best way to make us progress. Right. So I think by but it's hard to understand at that point in time when it when it's happening. That's right. right. But 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 that is why you need to re, we we all need to remind ourselves that step back a little and see the whole thing as one package. Even if you're being killed, even if an injustice is being done to you. Same thing like uh, you, 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 you have a son and your son is sick mm-hmm. and you need uh, anti- antibiotics to kill the germs. You're saving your son, but you kill, you're killing the whole colony of germs. In the process of saving your son. And then you feel like you're doing the right thing, right? Mm-hmm. But that's only relative to a human. It's to our perspective. Our perspective. If we were but, germ, but, we might feel differently about it. Yeah, but it. For, for the microbes, yeah. they, they feel like this is like a total genocide. Right. And in fact, life it's, for life. One life for one life. For, for the, from the point of view of the, of the microbes... You're not doing very good. Who is this god up there destroying our That's entire right. colony? And why, why are they practicing genocide on and microbes? And that's the same thing when we see genocide that happened in Rwanda or even to some other parts of the history. Yeah. Bef- that long before us, right? Or even going to happen in the future. So, of course, we are not supporting genocide. No. Uh, but if it has to happen, and it happened, how are we going to see it, right? So it's just a step for, for, for the collective consciousness of the humankind to elevate because of racism give us the new future without racism how do we move past it that's right so, so now, I think now this sounds a little different than roman catholicism mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's why i had to begin with that first <laughs> yeah so you start with roman catholicism you've been on a spiritual journey and i think that's kind of interesting you know typically we're always careful about talking about religion and politics, mm-hmm. um, but I like to talk about on this podcast because I think it, um, I actually think it helps people. I think when we do it non-exclusively and non-judgmentally, it actually gives people a place to maybe consider some different points of view. Mm-hmm. And I think you've got a very broad and inclusive point of view mm-hmm. that isn't how you were. You were born in a place where Roman Catholicism was it, right? Mm-hmm. The only way you could really get to... God or heaven or mm-hmm. avoid hell was through the faith tradition you were born in. Is mm-hmm. that is that kind of right? Yeah, that's correct. And then you tell me about this journey you were on. So you came to the U.S. when you were sixteen. Yes, but but not to live here. I just came here for like visiting for a couple of months, but I came here like several times. So you came here. You landed in D.C. In D.C. Yes. And then where where did you sleep your first night in the U.S.? The first night was in a little town called Camp Hill, outside of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. <laughs> no, I'm sure Camp Hill is a nice town. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Camp Hill, PA. Mm-hmm. So you're in Camp Hill. And, uh, and, and what happened that summer while you were in Camp Hill? Well, uh, during the time that I was there, I learned that there are... First, I'm assuming it was summer. Was it summer? It was the spring. It was spring, okay. Uh, March of 1996 or 1997. Okay. But the thing is that I always thought there are only one Christianity, which is Roman Catholic. Right. You thought it, there was one version and it was it was yeah, it started I in heard Rome. Yeah, about another version called Protestant, but they never actually see one, right? Yeah, the Romans don't tend to emphasize that one. <laughs> yeah, so when we came to uh, when I came to the US and I see there's not only one Protestant, they have like a whole bunch of yeah, There's not one Protestant religion, there's like <laughs> a million have, of them and we have a lot of them here in the US. You have so many kind of churches here <laughs> right. and, and it, I, I was even thinking is that even Christian or that is even part of Christianity right but anyway uh, I get to 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 know that there are there are one more than one way to experience God right 
because I was only taught by one, and I have that experience of God, right? But sure. I didn't know that there are much more ways to develop the relationship with God or the Creator. So that is that 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 what happened to me when I was like teenager. Oh wow! And so you. You kind of made so. Did, so did you have like a born again kind of Protestant experience when yes, you were in Camp Hill? That's right. PA? That's right. Even though I'm already Christian. Yeah, yeah. You were you were a Roman Catholic Christian. That's right. And then when I have to do bapt- baptism, yeah, I have to ask for God like a second time. Yeah, you had to make sure God was still there. So <laughs> you say, is it the same God or what? Yeah. <laughs> which one am I talking to <laughs> <Yeah>. now? <laughs> that's right. The one I was praying. Which one? I think yeah. it's the same one, but I better make sure. <laughs> Dive in again. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know. So what's funny is. We lived in St. Helena in the Napa Valley, and we had this Mm. priest at our Episcopal church who was very evangelical, and um, which all this must be confusing to our listeners, but he was all about, he wanted to take our, so we were Episcopalian, which is very kind of blue blood, Mm -hmm. you know, not expressive, not very um, emotional, Mm -hmm. and he was like, hey... And by the way, he practiced Buddhism. Mm-hmm. He practiced a lot of different, really interesting faith, you know, um, complementary. I would say complementary faith traditions. And he say he got us going to Promise Keepers when that was a big thing. You know, these men's groups where you would, you know, it was very emotional men's mm-hmm. kind of Protestant evangelical uh, stadium events. And then he got our whole, like a lot of people in our little Episcopal church in the middle of the Napa Valley. To go to a Billy Graham revival mm-hmm. seminar, a uh, revival kind of, uh, you know, it's the, it's, you know, basically come to Jesus, be born again kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we're on the bus going down to this Billy Graham thing. And we love this priest so much. We're like, sure, well, let's, why not? Let's go. Mm-hmm. And so we're going, we're on a bus going down to, in San Francisco to this event. And he, he gets on the microphone on the bus and he says to everybody, he goes, look, I know everyone in this bus has been baptized since you were infants. I know that you're all like in the, you're, you're all part of this. That's why we're doing this. He goes, let me tell you how I approach this. If Billy Graham says, do you want to come down and pray this prayer and accept Jesus in your heart? He goes, I'm going to go down. And he goes, every time I take a shower, I get baptized again. Every time someone asks me if I want to invite, you know, mm-hmm. God back into my heart, I invite him in again. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's just who I am. That's what I'm going to do. Do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But no one's watching you. No one cares. No one's going to judge you. Just do what you feel like. It was so free and so expressive and so much fun that you were just like, yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all for however God wants, whatever the power in the universe is that is approaching me with positive energy and and encouraging me and Mm -hmm. and bringing me in, just say yes to it. Mm -hmm. Right? Just let it in, man. Nothing bad's going to happen. It was so cool. And and that to me, I mean, it's kind of what, what I hear you saying is that, you know, yeah, you were raised in this one tradition, then you found another one, and you were like, hey, this seems pretty good. Let's let's bring this one in. It's, it's all positive mm-hmm. energy. Where have you gone from like there? Like you said, there must be some truth in there, right? It's got to yeah. be some truth in there somewhere. Yeah, as long as there are truth, I'm in. Yeah. With anyone, okay? Just don't sign me up. Right. <laughs> don't make me exclusive to yeah, your thing. Me, don't make me ex- exclusive. That's correct. Yeah. And then, of course, living in Thailand, right, which is a Buddhism country, yeah. and uh, there are so many ideas about buddhism that has yeah so 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 explain that because i think you know for for people who are from a western tradition Mm -hmm. they think of buddhism as one thing Mm -hmm. but buddhism isn't one thing 
any more than Christianity is mm-hmm. one thing. Or Rome, you know, there's like a lot of different sects and, mm-hmm. and different versions of Buddhism. Is that right? That's correct. The thing is, uh, living in Thailand, right? No matter yep. where you are. So you're in Thai Buddhism. Yeah, you will have to get to that because of uh, some some kind of social events or because of your high school curriculum. You will have to get exposed to Buddhism teaching. What percentage of Thai are Buddhists? Ninety-five. That's <laughs> a pretty high percentage. Yeah, quite yeah. High. Pretty much everybody. That's right. But uh, all the kids, right? Yeah. No matter what kind of religion. They will have to have this kind of mandatory class that they have to learn Buddhism. It's part of your culture. Part of the culture, but of course you, they don't force you to, to to follow the religion. Right. But just to learn what it is. It, it, so I mean, to, to be fair, like in Europe, part of being historically part of being a Euro, like in Germany or most of the European countries, mm-hmm. part of being a European culture was your faith you know you have cathedrals yeah. and you have kings and priests and it's mm-hmm. all kind of tied together in thailand for yes. a thousand years you've had a king mm-hmm. is that king buddhist typically the king but not thousand years i think we'll say like maybe okay starting from uh 1300 years ago 1300 okay so should be hindu years. or Sorry. buddhism I, I i don't think they they have to worry about that right but because right what, after 700 years yeah. definitely buddhism and, and because Before Buddhism that. kind of came out of Hinduism, is that right? That's right. But Hindu, Hinduism went to that area of the world first. Right. And then it became the, the Cambodian Empire. We yeah. see a lot of Hinduism. That's why you still have Bali in yeah. Indonesia left. Yeah. Bali is still Hinduism, right? Right. So Thailand was influenced by Hinduism wave for the first time. Right. Later on, the Buddhism came in. Also in, in Siem Reap... There's, there's two big temple complexes, right? right? There's That's Angkor right. Wat and there's Angkor Bayan. That's right. One is all about the Hindu gods. That's right. And then the other one becomes more human and is all about the Buddhist kind of Absolutely. traditions. Is that That's right? That's right. Yeah. But Hinduism and Buddhism share the same origins back in India. Right. But when it, but, but, but when it gets exported right. <laughs> to Southeast Asia, uh, Hindu came first. Right. And then Buddhism followed after, right? But... Living in, in Thailand nowadays, they don't force you to learn things, but living in that country, somehow you have to hear. It's embedded. Yeah. You will learn some kind of teaching, which makes sense. Sure. But since you're not them, right? You never have time to really dig deep down into it. Later on, after I have more time with my life, then that is when I started to understand Buddhism. And so I think this is... So you've, you've built a business all over the world. Mm-hmm. How many countries is your business in today? 11, 11 countries that we actively building. Where you're actively building. So that means you have to be in 11 countries every year, basically. That's right, it. but not for the past three years. Okay. You, yeah. For the past three years, you've had a lot of time on the clock. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, so you, you've had the luck to, because you built a big global business with a lot of great leaders who can drive it with or without you. Mm-hmm. You've had time to reflect mm-hmm. and think about where you're going in life. Mm-hmm. And I think this is really interesting because, you know, it's one thing to want success and be trying to get there. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to have success, you know, to, to get to that place. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest things, I think, um, is to get to a point where you have all the money you need. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything any day, every day. Mm-hmm. And the question becomes, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. Because I think people were made to work mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. But at the point where, to your point, you've got all this time, mm-hmm. this, you start to identify the struggle, mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out what to do next and progress, mm-hmm. 
What are you doing now? Okay. <laughs> Maybe we're gonna finish this uh, probably five a.m. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> this is, good. This I, is I, where the real the real podcast starts. I, I think I, I I'll put it this way that that question that you mentioned that what do I do now? Mm-hmm. What did what what do I do next? Right. Or what really matters? Right. So what am I supposed to do? This sort of question, the self-reflecting questions, or that attempt of human being to find the truth. Right. It might take five million dollars for a person to have, or five billion dollars. It depends. Mm. Some people need to have five billion, and they still don't even ask that kind of question. I believe. Yeah. Somebody, somebody already have ten billion dollars. They still don't ask this question. I, I, I know people. So I've, I've, a, uh, one of the guys that I've had spent a lot of time with this year. Mm-hmm. So you know, he was invested in two big action sports companies. Mm-hmm. Had to sell both of those. Sold one of them at the peak of the stock price, um, and exited, and then had another big exit. So he had hundreds of millions of dollars. Put the money to work in a private equity fund where they're generating more money than he had to start with. So he's got plenty of money, mm-hmm. and he can do anything he wants. And he said to me, "I was the most unhappy I've ever been mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, because I didn't know what to do every day." Yeah. Right. Yep. I think I think I think that 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 also makes sense to what we are talking about here. That it doesn't mean how much money it is, right? But some people only took like maybe five million dollars to start asking this kind of question. Right. Some of them just because of the sick mom, right, or sick wife, right, or whatever reason, right. So we don't we cannot quantify it. But the thing is, you ask yourself if you add us. Ask that kind of question, and I believe that nowadays there are mm-hmm. more people asking this particular kind of question that we are talking about. Right. Regardless of what what age they are or what kind of success they have now. I think the younger people mm-hmm. really don't care about things. Mm-hmm. I think it's more about experiences mm-hmm. and values, mm-hmm. which is very refreshing, frankly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some that you know. It's all you know. You see on Instagram the billionaire lifestyle and all mm-hmm. this stuff, but like if you talk to my my sons. I mean, my young, both of them, um, none of them have chased money. Mm-hmm. Uh, the younger one went to some uh, two co- two universities, one in Lugano, Switzerland, and one in Paris, where some of the kids come from mm-hmm. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, drive G wagons. Mm-hmm. The Russians, or you mm-hmm. know, whatever, um, from Brazil, or you know, places where they come from the top one percent mm-hmm. with a ton of resources, mm-hmm. and they're very we call bougie. You mm-hmm. know, they're they just they're going to clubs, buying bottle service. Mm-hmm. But there's no meaning behind mm-hmm. it. And my younger son said, I have no interest in that. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for the kids that are trying to put meaning into the universe, mm-hmm. that are writing music, that are drawing, that are creating, mm-hmm. that are making something happen in some way. Mm-hmm. And I think, to your point, you know, the, what's frustrating for humans is when we're told the top of the mountain mm-hmm is making a lot of money the top of the mountain Mm -hmm. is this car this jet or whatever this Mm -hmm. thing is and you do you expend all this energy getting the top of that mountain and Mm -hmm. you get it all Mm -hmm. and it's empty regardless of what we were talking yeah there's one saying in 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 thai culture they have this saying that if you are not chasing money if you're not chasing money that means somebody is chasing it for you (laughs) <laughs> wait, wait. If you're not chasing money, that means someone's chasing it for you? Yeah. Okay. The, uh, the reason I bring this up because we want to make sure that the listener, the audience, understand it both ways. Yes. That, of course, if 
because the reason why I don't have to struggle for this because probably because my parents did that for me already. Well, no, no, exactly. So yeah. to to be honest, my kids weren't starving. Mm-hmm. They went to great universities. That's right. Um, they didn't have to worry about money. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think you know I get it that mm-hmm. some people do. Mm-hmm. I had my parents were also well mm-hmm. off, but didn't did not give me anything. <laughs> yeah. Which meant I had to go hustle. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So. I, Different circumstances, understood, and a different perspective. Yeah. To- totally get that. And you're right; it's not fair if you're coming out of a project. Mm-hmm. Like I had a really good meeting today with a woman who, mm-hmm. an entrepreneur who started out in the projects mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. So mm-hmm. very, very humble upbringing. Great mm-hmm. family. Wasn't afraid to work, mm-hmm. and has been become very successful. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to her today, she'll say, "Yeah, the money's great, but that's not what drives me." That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. So tell me about. Tell me about. So, so you said, so if you're not working, if, if you're not chasing money, someone's chasing it yeah. for you. What does that mean? The reason I want to, uh, just want to, to make sure that we all here see the importance of both sides. Right. Of course, if you happen, for example, with someone saying that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky that my parents did something for me. Right. And some people say, I'm so unlucky because my parents didn't do anything for me. Right, right, right. In each case, they have big opportunity awaiting them. Because the parents did something. Yeah. Our parents did something. We have more time to explore something that our parents never explore. Right. Same thing like when people are in wartime, they will wonder and worry about certain things. Right. In peacetime, they think about some certain things. Worry about something else. Look at the history of, 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 of the whole world. Yeah. In wartime, what kind of inventions you have? All right. kinds of scientific inventions come from wartime. Yeah. No, no, the, the biggest innovations come from wartime. Wartime. And then in peacetime, what you get? You get spirituality, you get arts, you get all those kind of things. Right. Because people have time to, to reflect. And then when you see someone uh, talking to you and say, okay, I don't like arts because art doesn't make any economic value. It's just only for people, you know, just to chill out. That's not the way to look at arts, right? Right. Art's arts not about are, just pure economic value. That's right. And, and it doesn't have to. In fact, anything doesn't have to, right? But because arts emerge from human nature. Right. And it doesn't have to be quantified into any value. But... It's, and, and why is that? Why doesn't art have to quantify? I mean, help, help me understand why art doesn't have to be, quantify. The reason I'm, I'm trying to give this example is that, of course, art is important. And we, I personally appreciate art. It's, it's, it's how we build culture. That's right. right. Yeah. But when it comes to wartime or it's come to survival, nobody talks about art. Well, or people burn paintings. That's I mean, right. Yeah. And the whole thing is uh, people may see that art is a luxury. No, art is in fact the most fundamental expression of human. Right. But we only express our truly nature, our true nature, when we are free. When we have time. When we are peaceful. We're not, when we're not fighting to survive. That's right. So the whole thing is that when people look at two different shades of opposites, because they look at from the opposite side. Right. So if we can, can, can collapse this thing down and forget about the duality or the polarities of things, it will come to a business sense that we were talking about that success, in fact, is much easier that is supposed to be difficult. So, so let's. I want to unpack one idea there. So, you want to said we, you know, when you get away from the duality or plurality, I think that's when you have when when you're not fighting a war, mm-hmm. is when you have time to actually start thinking about success. Mm-hmm. 
And then what did you say after that? What I'm, I'm trying to, 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 to say is this. Let me try it this way. Success, this word. Success, yeah. Doesn't even exist 400 years ago. Right. Nobody really? cares about success. Right. Back then it was only accomplishment. Survival and accomplishment. Or satisfied. Right. Think about people in the Stone Age. What kind of success is going to determine a life of a person? It was day to day. Day to day. It was like uh, becoming a tribe leader. No. Uh, catch more fish or hunt more lions. There's no such thing as a success, right? Right. People live from moment to moment. They're nothing about future. It was pure existentialism. That's right. <laughs> right. But success comes because of we have so much to think about. So success become a new definition, right? Right. So if we understand and accept success, we will understand real success in this century. Then we're going to be... Success cannot control us, right? But we will be able to understand and manifest success in the way we want to. But right now, success is a word, an idea, an ideal that people throw at you. Right. And I was one of those people to see that. And it's good to get it. But the, the, I think the importance of success that we both enjoy and many other people enjoy is to understand that the next level of your success is no, not going to be the same kind of success that we had. Before. Right. Whatever you did to get to this level isn't going to get you to the next That's level. That's right. And, and we are looking at that, that one, right? And we can understand that success is, in fact, uh, an idea that someone threw at us and we chose to believe. And it's good. So, someone gave you this idea and That's sold right. you this idea of success and you bought into it and you accomplished it. And the question becomes, now what? That's right. And then now what? And that now what will give you the true success of life. And I think that is the most beautiful opportunity that the Amway business gave me. Because without that... It got you to that plateau. That's right. Just to understand, to see that. Why they say, so for example, like family, hope, reward, you know, this kind of thing, freedom. These are really important. But back then, in the beginning, it just looked like nice words. Right. It's just like beautiful words. Yeah. But to understand reality behind that, we still have to accept one thing. We're still human. Right. And we still have this form. No matter how much we want to be formless... We still have the form to carry. Yeah, whether whether you're, that point. you're brown hair, brown eyes from That's Thailand, right. or whether you're blonde hair, blue eyes from so whatever West we should be doing is in the limitation of form. Yeah, and for the unlimitation of the formless. So success is in fact instinctive. I would say that the world are built with success before failure. But because of human fear, that creates the failure. So, so, so it's you know the, we're all afraid to fail. That's why it stops us from doing more than we thought we could. Without that fear, everything will be success automatically. For example, when you think success comes first, right? Automatically, but because of human mind intervene, things get pushed up. Well, and and failure is just a point on the path to success because. They have a fear body. So if, if you're looking at the whole thing rather than just a point in time, yep. if you focus on the point in time, you can say, well, I failed here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but who cares? Mm-hmm. That was what led you to this bigger success mm-hmm. that happened later, right? So mm-hmm. if you're looking at the whole thing, you're like, well, of course that happened there, but look at the, look where we ended up. Mm-hmm. So you're at a point in success right now. Uh, you've had a lot of, you've had failures, but you've gotten to this point where mm-hmm. you're viewing the world as a, as a, as a big point in success. Mm-hmm. 
like the duration that we're talking about, right? If you see the whole thing sure. as a package, we have to accept both. For example, you 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 decided you want to have a kid. Yeah. That is when you decided I want to have a kid. You said you want life, mm-hmm. new life, but that exact word means you also want new death. Right. Because life comes with death. Right. So if we understand things and looking at both pluralities and accept it as one without separating it, life will be much better. Much simpler. If you're not worried about the failure and the, and the re- renewal, then you just keep progressing. And even you see failure, you don't even think it's failure because right. you think it's part of it. Because right. when, when, when you buy a, a flower, you don't expect it to last forever, right? Right. And when it dies, you, you don't feel nothing You don't much. cry about it. Because you, you throw it out and you buy some new flowers. That thing is already in the package that you bought. Right. So when you pay, you know what you're getting. Right. But in life and in some other areas of life, we know what we're going to get. But sometimes we don't seem to accept it. Right. We all know that our dog's going to die in 10 to yeah, 15 yeah, yeah. years. But when the dog dies 10 to 15 years, mm-hmm. you know, it's very sad and we're very upset by it. Even though we knew it was going to happen. And we know that we're going to have to get yeah. another puppy. So you guys have had this success. You've gotten this point. You're thinking about the next phase. What comes next? What's the next level okay. of success? The next level of success, for example, in the business, it has to be measurable. Of course, mm-hmm. with the new GAR, with the new... With the new bonuses we're adding. Everything, of course, we're going to be doing the business and building the business to crown ambassador level in the new plan. So, so, you're, so, so you do have tangible... There's a tangible focus in how you're doing this in your business life. But it's different from when we started. Before, it was a goal. Like, like you were thinking, if I hit that, I'm done. Yes, right. I've it's accomplished, a, a I've goal, crossed the finish line. It's a destination oriented. Right. But from now on, since I'm now 37, I've been to a lot of this, right? So right. it's more journey oriented. More, it's yeah. <laughs> Do you want a fire? Do you want a fire? Sorry. Uh, so it was. Uh, it will be journey. It, it's it all is. about the journey, not the it's destination. Now, so I'm looking for a relationship. I'm looking for the kind of people. Yeah. Not on much on the rewards part, but much on the experience part. Mm-hmm. So. Sorry, I'm just turning on a fire for Nucci. Um, mm-hmm. We live in Laguna Beach. It is much cooler <laughs> than uh, than Bangkok, Thailand. Yes. Uh huh. And we tend not to use AC or, or heat here, mm-hmm. and t- today was a little chilly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, it's, it's, uh, it's in the evening, and the house is cool, mm-hmm. which as a Viking, uh, you know, Northern Netherlands Viking, I, I tend mm-hmm. to thrive in that environment, mm-hmm. but it probably feels, it apparently feels cold to your wife, so we yeah. just put a fire on for her <laughs> okay. and gave her a blanket. Um, <laughs> so Nucci will not be in this conversation for a bit. Um, <laughs> So tell me a little bit about, so, so I, I, I actually yeah. love this because I think when a lot of people get into a business, whether it's this business or another one, a lot of times they're like, hey, if I just hit diamond or if I just get to this mm-hmm. place, man, my life is going to change forever. Mm-hmm. And the thing, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the thing you discover is you get to that place mm-hmm. and you're like, well, my life is definitely better, but nothing's really changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, if you looked all the way back from the beginning, it's mm-hmm. obviously very different, but yep. It changes By the time lot, you take yeah. the last, last step to get to that prize, you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, same day. When success become learned, the skills, after you did that for like two, three times, you know that you're going to make it. Right. Same thing with me. I was on my way to building business to the next level, and I know I could do it. And I could have just done it. 
But I was thinking to the point that then what's next? Right. So better come back and looking at the journey. But back then, you know, there was a little you know, beautiful poster that you see in offices. Success is a journey. Right. Success is a destination. A You've seen all this, right? But you don't know what it means. I know what it means. And I know that is the feel, the state that it should be. Right. But right now at that moment. But you weren't practicing Definitely that. destination, not journey. Right. I cannot even feel how journey can be. So how did you? How did that change for you? At what point were you like, okay, wait a minute, this isn't it? It's not about getting to this place. It's about this continuous progression. I would try to to make it, you know, touchable and practical. Okay. Because there's one point in life. There's one point in life. Yeah. When you get what you want. That you aim for, right? And then you start feeling it, and you feel, oh, feel good. And I then got you, it. You, you feel like there's still something missing, right? <laughs> and then you will start to feel in that missing point in the high life that you have, right? By looking at the past experience, which one is good, right? And then you try to bring that in and feel in the so present. So you look at the past and what what was great to bring into right. the future where you're headed. And then I remember the great moments was when I was struggling, mm. and and having that kind of. Uh, annoying lifestyle that you don't want now right but back then you, you feel, don't know if the car is going to start you know that's it's, right. yeah and, and you feel the joy in that right. right so i think because everything really happens in the present moment no matter it's a past or future even now when we are talking about the past sure. it happens in the now right so back then it also happened in the now right but my mind was wandering in the future right and having that kind of you know, completion from the future. And when I actually get there, it will never stop. Right. Because always in the future. You're always chasing, if, if, as long as you're chasing something, you're always right. chasing so something. I think that's what occurred to me. And I right. have that kind of uh, trigger that, hey, hey, this is not the way you should be living your life like that. It's not about the chase. It's about doing it right, right now. That's right. So I think that is the moment when I really felt that I cannot compensate this moment from the future and, and I would say and, and to that point we were talking before about you know how depending on where you're coming from and what you have sometimes that's harder to see mm -hmm. I think to your point and you kind of corrected me on this and I think you're absolutely right when somebody's in grinding poverty mm -hmm. and they can't you know they're just struggling to feed themselves mm -hmm. It's very, very hard to get to that perspective. I think when you've risen above survival mm -hmm. and you're not worried about paying rent, you're not mm -hmm. worried about whether or not your ATM card will have cash on it to mm -hmm. buy groceries. Um, you know, when you get to that level, you can start to reflect and see it. And then I, I think to, for a lot of people, that's when they start to realize, wait a minute, right now is all I have. Mm -hmm. I need to be present mm -hmm. and I need to stop chasing this elusive future. Mm -hmm. If I do the right thing now, eventually I will get to a place that I'll probably be very happy with mm -hmm. or I won't, but I'll be doing the right thing al along the way. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, it, it, I mean, to me, ultimately, it's really hard to figure that out. To your point, like, you know that you're supposed to enjoy the journey, but when you're struggling and fighting for survival, mm -hmm. you can't see it. Mm -hmm. You've got to get to a plateau where you can see that. Is that true or do you think you can get there without having the success to get there? I believe that 
it has to go both ways. What does that mean? Meaning what does both that ways mean? Whether you have so much suffering that you cannot take it anymore. Yeah. Or because you're just so tired of searching. Yeah. Because you can. You can keep on doing the journey, right? Mm-hmm. And finding new destination. And after you get tired of that kind of destination. Well, living out of a suitcase for years doesn't yeah. fulfill you, right? That's right. That's right. And you feel like before you were, you wanted to travel the world. And after the world is at your doorstep, yeah. you just feel like you want to stay home. Give me home. Yeah. So, 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 and, and when that happened, you want to stay home, you stay home. I stay home. Sure. But for five months, then I want to get going again. Right. Well, once you're home for... Exa- no, and you know what? It's exactly the same for me. Yeah. I travel too much. But if I'm home for too long, I get really antsy. Right. I'm like, I got to get back out there. And that is the wake-up call. Right. Because we thought we want this. And when we get it, we know that I want this. Right. I don't want that anymore. And when you actually change your mind to want that, you change again. Right, right, right. So the whole thing is, okay, you don't even trust yourself. Right. So the whole thing is your mind just wants to keep yourself occupied. And kind of stay with the same thing for so long, right? Yeah. So the whole thing is this that okay now better from now on for life goals it has to be super super different from before in terms of how you measure it it can't just be a trip to hawaii it can't just be a, yep. a car and cannot just measure by 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 whatever i used to measure the success right it has to be the feeling the gut feeling that this is it if every day is this is it Right. No, so, so I agree with that. So, you know, I always tell people, be careful what you wish for because you might get it, mm-hmm. which is quoting somebody else, mm-hmm. I think May West or somebody. But um, what I, you know, some of these cliches become true when you actually experience them. And, and for me, it was this, you know, we've had some great financial accomplishments in our life. We've worked really hard to get there. And at first I thought, well, if I just had this, then everything's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And then you get it and you're like, Three months, two it, months. Yeah, it's pretty cool, but man, you know, there's 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 more, right? Uh huh. And I'm at a point now where I mean, Sarah and I, we have a great home. You're, we're sitting in it. Um, we just bought two 1920s cottages close to the water on a big double lot, which is big for Laguna, not big for the rest of the world. But um, you know, our whole goal right now is to simplify, to make our life more elegant, mm-hmm. because the less moving parts we have, the more we can focus mm-hmm. on the moment, mm-hmm. and. You know, we have this little saying that my friend Pat Parnell gave me. He's been on the podcast, don't fight the fun. Mm-hmm. And I think the point of don't fight the fun is to kind of be in the moment, enjoy mm-hmm. the moment, make the moment festive mm-hmm. and amazing mm-hmm. and, and you know, inclusive and, and just, you know, be here right. You know, it's, it's another cliche, but be here right now. Like, where are you? What are you doing? Make sure, sh- you know, look, I've done, sometimes I have to be in, you know, in, in a room in a hotel doing a meeting with a bunch of people. And it's easy to be like, oh, is this really what I, want, what I want to be doing? Until you realize, hey, they want me here. Mm-hmm. We're going to impart some, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hear their problems. We're going to find some truth. Mm-hmm. We're going to progress what we're doing. And we're going to have fun along the way. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this element where you start to realize it really doesn't matter where I am or what, we're, what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I can make it fun and awesome and great. Mm-hmm. And there's other times where you can fly to Austria to ski in powder. And that's also really awesome mm-hmm. and really great. Mm-hmm. And if you just look around you, I live in Orange County, Southern California. I have a buddy who 
when we see rain coming here on the coast, we know that's powder in the mountains. Mm-hmm. We at 8 p.m. we drive to Mammoth. We get up in the morning and ski powder. Mm-hmm. People are complaining about the clouds here. We're skiing powder in the mountains, mm-hmm. and it's kind of looking at the world you live in and mm-hmm. saying, "Wait a minute." What am I missing? Where are the opportunities? What can I do right now that would make my life infinitely better than if I just keep doing the things I'm doing? And to me, that's kind of like, it's saying, look, the universe is meaningless. The universe will make you feel like you're useless and worthless and there's nothing that you do that matters. But we have a choice. We can put meaning into the universe. We can decide to live our life the way we want to live it right Mm -hmm. now, each moment. And, and start to make a difference in our own life, if for nobody else. Mm-hmm. And that's where it starts to matter, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm talking way too much. So, <laughs> I mean, am I on track with where you're headed? I mean, when you talk about being in the moment, living right now, imparting, you know, your truth to it, how do you act that out? Like, what day, on a day-to-day basis, what does that mean? There's so many ways that you can put this into practice right but yeah. i think the first thing is to just uh to begin with it is to understand that there's no right or wrong or there's no such thing as discipline or spiritual connotations or atmosphere some people want to become spiritual they have to act spiritual right acting spiritual doesn't make it spiritual right so forget the word spiritual spirituality because this word is what people are trying to fetch and that is the obstacle for the practice the obstacle for the practice is trying to be spiritual when spirituality is because about yeah. the nature of the mind without practice is never spiritual and when you start to witness yourself not being spiritual you feel discouraged think about bad ideas bad thoughts do you think that monks have bad thoughts or monk doesn't have bad thoughts. I would guess a monk does have bad thoughts. Everybody has bad thoughts. Of course, we're Even human. the Buddha has bad thoughts. Right. Everybody has bad thoughts. Sure. But every time when you act spiritual, David, and you try, okay, this is day one of my spiritual journey, you start going out, you start meditating, and then after you did everything from 4 a.m., you wake up in the morning, you meditate for two hours, and then at 7 a.m., you come down and start cooking. Prepare breakfast for your wife and your children. Start thinking positive and being super spiritual compared to... 35 years, 40 years before. And suddenly, someone break the glass. And in your mind say, what the hell, who the hell is that? Right. Right in in your mind, not in your words. Even if you don't say it out loud. But you feel, shit, what did I just say? And you feel like, what kind of a person I am? Why do I still have this kind of thought? I just finished two-hour meditation. <laughs> that Why am I still the bad guy? Yeah. That's right. I think that is the number one obstacle for people. And isn't part of the journey is saying, hey, look, the bad guy happens with without me. I'm aware of the bad guy and You're it's not me. you aware of the bad guy. And and it, don't identify right. with that thought. Separate yourself from the bad guy. And, and I think it's very easy and, 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 and to look over it, I mean, to, to look past it or not to digest it because it sounds too easy to understand no but it's, it's about being aware that's right of yourself being aware of that behavior but i remember this kind of feeling when people say okay you are not your thoughts and then we say okay there are two group of people I, when people say like for example when 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 uh when you say to me you are not your thoughts reaction first reaction am i my thoughts or am i not still confusing right still finding the answer Am I or am I not? Right. And another type of people is, okay, I know already that I'm not my thoughts. 
but then what? You get what I mean, right? Right. So even you know or you don't know, but you don't know how to proceed. No, I totally. I, I just so I was at the beach talking to a friend. Uh, our cars were, you know, were parked in parking spots. Mm-hmm. I stopped talking, turned around, and started walking up along our cars. There was a guy driving down the street. It's a hill, sand on it. I think he thought I was going to walk into the street, and mm-hmm. I wasn't planning to. I was just walking up along the cars, but he freaked out, jammed on his brakes, and he instantly, and his windows were down, he instantly started swearing mm-hmm. at me mm-hmm. because he was afraid he was going to hit me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, no, it's, it's okay. And I looked at him confused, like, mm-hmm. why are you swearing at me? <laughs> like, what did I do wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't say anything to him. Jammed on his brakes. He says, we're going to settle this right now. And I'm just standing there going, what am, what am I involved in here? Like, uh-huh. I don't understand what's going on. Jumps out of his car. He's a big guy. Jumps out of his car. Starts screaming at me how I'm wrong. I shouldn't have looked at him that way. I, I you know, almost walked into the street. It's my fault. And I didn't react. I, I realized, I, you know, one, it was a very confusing situation. But I've tried to... Rather than react to people when they are reacting to something, and confuse what they're saying with something I you know I did or didn't do, I just you know I let him talk and I let him scream and I said, "Why are you screaming? What are you upset about?" Mm-hmm. You know, and he started telling me about you know how I was you know all these things in his mind about what I was going to do, and I said, "You know, I I wasn't intending any of those things. I'm sorry you feel that way." Um. <laughs> and and it was but it was kind of this you know rather than react to him rea- whatever his reactions were which basically were kind of in my opinion kind of irrational behaviors mm-hmm. i wanted to I, my question starts to become okay this is an this is an adult human driving a car mm-hmm. he's probably a rational human mm-hmm. he's behaving very irrationally right now mm-hmm. based on something i triggered i don't know why but i apparently yeah, i triggered so something, something triggered. right uh huh and then the question in my mind becomes, why is this happening? Why are you behaving this way? And I think the curious thing is, a person like this who's, you know, obviously he's in the middle of some big emotive experience, to try and get them to calm down and have a conversation with you and start to explain what's really going on. Because I don't think me spinning around to walk up along the cars mm-hmm. is really what triggered him. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably a lot more going on in his life. Mm-hmm. I just happened to be the hair trigger mm-hmm. on whatever the dynamite is mm-hmm. that he was living in mm-hmm. that made him explode, right? And so I started asking questions. Another friend of mine walked up and was like, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm not sure, but you know, we're having a conversation. We're trying to figure this out. And this guy was just screaming and yelling. And uh, I, I like that example because I think everyone's had that, mm-hmm. whether it's road rage or whether it's you know, you're at the mm-hmm. checkout line and somebody freaks out mm-hmm. about something that makes no sense to freak out about, whatever it is. I think what's, what's a great point of awareness is when someone's attacking us for nothing mm-hmm. or it appears to be nothing. And rather than react back, mm-hmm. we stop, we take a breath, mm-hmm. and we say, wait a minute, mm-hmm. why is everyone yelling right now? Why mm-hmm. is everyone upset right now? What are we really talking about? What's really going on behind mm-hmm. this? And that, that point, I think, is where, to your point, we start to get awareness of, mm-hmm. look, we're all pilgrims on a journey. We're mm-hmm. all going someplace together. Mm-hmm. You yelling at me and me reacting to mm-hmm. you isn't going to help anybody mm-hmm. right now. 
Mm-hmm. Something's bothering you. I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. Was, if you feel I did it, I'm sorry for mm-hmm. that. I can't control that. Mm-hmm. You can control that. Mm-hmm. How do I help you? And that starts to change the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, th- I, I've had that a few times now where people reacted on social media or they reacted on, you know, interactions, airports, whatever, where people are stressed. And when you stop and just say, hey, I'm sorry, obviously I upset you, didn't mean mm-hmm. to do that, mm-hmm. something's bothering you, mm-hmm. what's really bothering you here? Mm-hmm. And people will break down. No one's ever asked them. Mm-hmm. They're used to people just reacting to what they're reacting to so they don't have to deal with the thing that's really, really bothering them. You get these big responses and it's so powerful. And I think to your point, when we're chasing, 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 Sometimes it's the easiest way to avoid the thing that we really should be thinking and talking about. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we just try and stop the clock on whatever people are chasing, reacting to, blowing up, mm-hmm. and we just take the time to have that conversation mm-hmm. and, re- every, and you know, generate self-awareness of our own and hopefully help them generate mm-hmm. some, you get these humongous breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. And, and so for you, as you're, and I think you're moving on a path of greater awareness, um, what are, what are you focused on right now? What are you going to be doing over the next? I mean, we're going to we're going to Vegas next week, and you're building a great business right now. But on a deeper level, what are you focused on? Back to the same thing, Mary. I mentioned earlier earlier about the first way to become successfully, I mean, spiritually successful. Yeah. Or successful in spirituality. Right. Is to stop being spiritual. Right. And don't expect you to be spiritual. Right. Because the mind creates these polarities of spirit, spiritual. What is the opposite word for people who are spiritual? Uh, that non- word. I don't know what that atheist, is. Atheist, non-spiritual, yeah. Whatever that is. Right. But because of when we have these two ideas, we, we, we tend to keep our life as oscillating between these two. Right. You're, you're, you're creating a duality, basically. That's right, because yeah. you create duality. That's why it's oscillating. I'm either spiritual or not spiritual. I'm either going to church or I'm not going to that's church. That's right. Yeah. So the whole thing is oscillation is nature of the mind. Right. As long as you have polarities, it will keep swinging. Right. But if you're starting to calm down and don't expect any mental image, what you should be doing. Right. What kind of spiritual David going to be? What kind of spiritual Bobby going to be? <laughs> what kind of the opposite type? Right. So when we, we, we take it all down, we come to a point where we don't label things and people. Right. Because I think the first way to practice non-duality is to start within us, within how we see things. So how do you do that? What's your daily practice? Daily practice has so many ways. Like you start with your wife. Okay. I think it is a very effective and compassion and natural and no harm. Because live close to you. For example, for me, I practice with my wife. So I let my wife see that uh, my progress last year and this year. Do you get annoyed of me for the same reason from last year? Or am I better? Or is anything I irritate you? What does Nucci say? You have to ask him yourself. I think she's sleeping. I think she's sleeping <laughs> yeah, she's on the couch under a right blanket now. in front of a fire. But regardless of what that is, right? But I think the practicing of non-duality is starting with ourselves. Another way that I want to show you, I want to show you this picture. Okay. But considering you are, you are not Buddhist, right? 
But think about well, if I'm, you are I'm, Buddhist. You know, I'm Buddhist. I'm Hindu. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I know yeah, yeah. You are everything, right? But think of this like I'm not uh, a professional Buddhist. But think of yourself as a real hardcore Buddhist, okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hardcore Buddhist. And then you Seems are like very a... traditional, okay? Now, David, you are traditional. Okay. Buddhist now I'm traditional Buddhist from Thailand. Okay. But in an orange robe, I'm. Yeah. Yes, very traditional, and then Shaved you are head. something like like super hardcore, okay? Yeah. Then I want to show you this picture and what do you think is going to be your reaction my reaction is a hardcore okay. buddhist the hardcore buddhist that's right i love the idea of hardcore buddhist that's like the name of a punk band so so uh, i show you this picture you don't have to tell the audience what it is but you see and the, how do you react to this kind of stat a uh, picture that you saw well i definitely want to be there um <laughs> but Oh, as a Buddhist, though, maybe I would you're say Buddhist. you're not David from Laguna Beach. So it's it was a it was a, a golden sculpture of a kind of a Kama Sutra pose to put it. And who is the who is the the guy? Is that Krishna? Oh, that's the Buddha. Yeah, and who is the girl? Is who? it also the Buddha? And the girl have clothes? No, they're in a a very warm embrace. Let's just say. Okay. So when you are a Buddhist, very tra very traditional, yeah, and when you see this kind of a statue, what would you think? Some people react. I would think like, it would be too sensual for most Buddhists because most Buddhists are right. trying to escape their emotions. That's right, and right? and to try, and maybe even you would think somebody try to fake the statue, or just you know, it's not even real. Some people would just play with it. People would say it's a counterfeit because Buddhists would never make a statue Something like that. Something like that, right? right? Yeah. This is a way that people back in the... If you go on Google and you look at this kind of statue, it's tantric. Tran, tan, oh, so it's a, it's a tantric, it's a tantric, tantric Buddhism, yoga statue. about. But yeah. tantric is also Hinduism and also some part of Buddhism also use the word tantric or tantra too, right? Yeah. But tantric doesn't mean Kama Sutra. Right. Tantric doesn't mean sexuality. But tantric means something that goes beyond... Right. So you asked me how well, we practice non duality. Isn't tantric sexuality yeah. about going beyond an orgasm? It's yeah. about it's about not focusing on orgasm. On, the, on the destination of an orgasm, but moving way beyond that into a longer so, relationship. Same thing like when you ask like how can we practice non duality? If you're looking at this picture every day, yeah. without blaming anyone. Why Buddha this this? Why Buddha did this? Because this is already something that's come come into the Buddhist mind. Well, also this if, is a real real right. video, right? So I I love Herman Hesse's Siddhartha, Herman Hesse, the right? Siddhartha, yeah. Right. So in Siddhartha, part of the Buddhist journey is he meets this uh, woman but, who's an expert in sensuality. But for Herman Hesse, right, that book is a fiction, of the creation of what Buddha might have gone through. Right. So he said that. So that's but isn't, a fiction. isn't that is, isn't the Herman Hesse chapter kind of a a Similar. picture of this sculpture. So the whole idea of this uh, sculpture, right? Right. It's not about truth or not truth. Right. But it's about all ancient people use this statue to practice non-duality. Right. Because when you look at this every day, you don't feel the opposite. Right. You know, Tantra is about looking at a woman's breast. Yeah. And instead of you feel lust, right. you feel the warmth of mother by looking at the breast of the breast of a woman. Right. And go beyond tant uh, this concept. Tantra means when you look at the naked body of human uh, of, of a woman, instead of feeling lust right. or sexually sensual, 
but we feel the Shakti and Shiva, the yin and yang of nature. So you see, ancient people look at how they practice themselves by looking at two complete extreme duality on a daily basis Mm. and dissolve it. Right. And if we can do that, right, when you see evil is is as good as God, and God is as evil as evil. So, so that so that you're saying that the, this is going to be a little confusing, probably for a lot of our listeners. <laughs> so you're saying basically that the uh, that when you when you get into a world of non-duality, when and, and I think mm-hmm. a, another way to think about this, you know, in the West, we we don't think about good and evil as two positive ent- entities. Mm-hmm. We think about good as wholeness mm-hmm. and fulfilledness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we think of evil as the negation of the good. Negation of like the good. Like the destruction of mm-hmm. it, right? It, it, it diminishes it. Um, I think to your point, rather than see the, the two things battling each other, mm-hmm. you're seeing how they live together mm-hmm. and work together. And, and it's what C.S. Lewis talked about. He said, you know, it's really impossible to know true joy until you've had the depth of pain. Mm-hmm. And you, no one ever wishes for the depth of pain. Mm-hmm. But without it, we would never have true joy. May I put this into that context? Yes, please. There's no point to know what is hot and what is cold. Right. When there's no observer. Right. Right? Because we intervene the reality. So the reality, reality changes for us? No. We change the reality. Our intervention does. Yes. The second you observe it, so same you change quantum it. physics. Well, you, this was in, in Avengers Endgame is a new yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched that one yet, but I think probably Marvel is going to put that in there. It's it's a three hour movie. It's it's if you love Avengers, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a long movie, but and I loved it. But the um, you know um, the uh, oh, what's his name, Doctor No, no Doctor uh, Strange. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, you know, can see the future. And Iron Man says to him, you know, what's going to happen? You can see the infinite possible futures, you know, these different parallel universes. universes. All the possibilities. Right. And what Mm -hmm. Dr. Strange says is, the second that I tell you, it will fix the future possibility. Mm -hmm. And it's the same point, you know, in quantum physics, photons, which are light particles, if you put them, if you give them an infinite series of choices in a box, how they can pass through it, you know, different different directions, mm-hmm. how they bounce off it and ping it. They have an infinite number of possibilities until the second that you observe it, and then they become fixed. Mm-hmm. And I think what Doctor Strange was saying, you know, how the infinite number of possibilities in the possible futures, the quantum, you know, uh, parallel universes, or just the way our futures work. Mm-hmm. We all have a large set of possibilities. Let's mm-hmm. say it's infinite. Until the second that we observe it, make a choice, make a decision, then mm-hmm. it becomes fixed. Mm-hmm. And I think to your point, um, it's the observation, it's the injection of our... It's when we interject ourselves into mm-hmm. that possibility mm-hmm. that it actually fixes the course of where we're headed. Is that, is that, yep. is that what you're thinking? Same, exactly the same idea that we are trying to... to make sure that people can feel and see it with their own experience, if they can. And if absolutely everybody can. Yeah. If they actually have some 
some time and a little bit of guidance and make sure that they have to give up all of their their attachment to forms especially in their belief system what should be and what shouldn't be so in order to understand complete non-duality is to accept fully and embrace the two extremes right but if we try to avoid either one for example i prefer the, the good and i don't want to accept the evil this is not a path to understand non-duality right you have to stand up and accept both equally right and then we we, we can see that in fact it's not the same it's not the same similar things right it's the identical thing right it's not just like two apples look the same it's the actual same apple the apple that has been ro- has become rotten to the core mm-hmm. is no different than the apple that you just picked from the tree it's just at different points in the in the journey that's right and 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 the moment that you mention that you fixate on one reality you lock it in you lock it in in fact it's not locking because you fix it it becomes the only reality left it's all you see for that particular perception to right see. right it's all you see yeah. so so the whole thing is is it comes back to to understand this part right and how we're going to live and integrate this into our life it totally changed the way you see governments right it changed the way you expect the world to be but it doesn't stop us from doing something towards the goodness well th- th- think about progression i mean i'll, I'll use the ex- experience of a smoker because i think it's the least offensive to people i mean you see it in other areas of life if somebody goes from one faith tradition to the other a lot of times they'll look back and really try and tear apart the thing they came from because it wasn't as good as the thing that they feel they, they went to in, in the progression chain. I like to use the example of a smoker because when somebody's mm-hmm. smoking, mm-hmm. it's an amazing, beautiful thing, mm-hmm. right? Smoking, I mean, if you've never had a big meal and smoked a cigarette at the end, oh, yeah. I mean, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But then you start to realize, wait a minute, maybe maybe smoking isn't great for me. Maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't be smoking. Maybe life without smoking would be better than life with cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, people stop smoking. The second somebody quits smoking and is like an anti, is a non-smoker, many of them become very aggressive anti-smokers mm-hmm. because they moved on. Mm-hmm. And now they hate people who smoke. They can't stand the sm- smell of smoke. They mm-hmm. don't want smoke in their house, right? Because mm-hmm. they've moved past it. I think to your point, you're saying, hey, look, don't forget where you came from. Mm-hmm. There was a point where you understood why people mm-hmm. love smoking and why people did smoke and why mm-hmm. it's almost irresistible to some some points in mm-hmm. life. And now you've moved to a point where not smoking seems way better mm-hmm. and it's changed your life and hopefully will give you a fuller, longer, richer life. Mm-hmm. And you're really angry that people still are stuck in that world mm-hmm. of smoking. The thing we have to not forget is that there's a beautiful part to that world of smoking. Mm-hmm. That's a great analogy. Right. Exactly. Because with that, it carries you further. Right. But without that, it doesn't carry you any further. So you can thank the world of smoking Mm -hmm. because you had those experiences, you were there, Mm -hmm. you understood it. Mm -hmm. And now you've moved to a place where you've moved on. Mm -hmm. And you can say, hey, thank you, world of smoking. Mm -hmm. I understand these things. I can see why it's addictive. I can see why people want Mm -hmm. it. I can see why people get stuck Mm -hmm. in it. But I didn't. Mm-hmm. I've moved forward. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to thank the world of smoking for what it gave me, for what I understand, from what I learned from it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to be 
grateful for this new world I have mm-hmm. where I'm not smoking and I'm a non-smoker. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I, you can do that with every progression in life. Mm-hmm. You know, alcohol, you know, big drinker to non mm-hmm. to, to, you know, to sober. Um, Roman Catholic to born again Christian mm-hmm. to Buddhist, right? I mean, there's mm-hmm. all these progressions, hopefully, mm-hmm. that people go through in life. I think truth is progressive. Mm-hmm. I think we we're born in a place we see it one way mm-hmm. and as we go hopefully as we go on this journey mm-hmm. we get a bigger and bigger view of how the you know how the universe is working mm-hmm. and how this whatever the positive energy is be, makes this whole universe go let's, let's mm-hmm. call it God for the sake of a better term mm-hmm. we start to discover how that God is in, embedded in our life mm-hmm. and, and taking us someplace um, is that consistent with what you're trying to say or am I putting words in your mouth no that's exactly what I'm trying to say, and it is essentially uh, the only reality there is. Because when people trying to eliminate to, the thing that they yeah yeah, and then trying to get to the bottom of uh, what is the the microcosm of the macrocosm yeah. And, and in, instead of looking up, like in the old days when we're trying to use it with telescope, right. we're trying to study the, micro, the macrocosm, now we all started to, to, to understand that we don't have to go out further anyway because you end up with dark matter and, and dark energy. Right, right. And you, you don't get back any further, started. right? Yeah. So it's time to, to, to turn back inside and come to the, the, the microcosm. And the microcosm is exactly resonate. Also expansive. Yeah. Also expensive. Infinite space inside. And, yeah. and this way, we all can have experiences. Not everybody have Hubble telescope right. to experience out there, right? But everybody have the mind. And the mind is the gateway to get to that consciousness of the God essence that everybody share. Inside yourself. And, 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 and inside of us. And we can access it right now. Yeah. And everybody can do that too. And then they will understand that at the point of zero. Yeah. Even not zero. Because zero is trying to put value in there yeah so there are some some something beyond zero that is not minus one and it's not plus one right but the exact emptiness without zero that essence is the same for everyone right getting to that point where we're in neutral mm-hmm. effectively mm-hmm. so help me with this so you're building a business you're talking about some pretty abstract concepts but you also work in a very concrete world on a day-to-day basis absolutely how do you apply this in your work? The thing is, I separate these two things very harmoniously. Yeah. Harmoniously. That a, that's an irony. Separate harmoniously. How could that happen, right? You're not supposed to separate anything in harmony, huh? <laughs> no, you can't separate <laughs> things in harmony. Yeah. That's right. But the idea is that people have conflict when they're trying to be spiritual. Yeah. And living in the working world and right. trying to to cater to their needs. We have to understand that doing something to fulfill your need to survive or even your personal goal as long as you're not falling to be victim of it. Right. It's as is very okay to do that, right? Well it's okay to fulfill your needs as long as you're not a victim of fulfilling That's your right, needs. That's right, but but people have this kind of uh uh picture, mental image that if you want to become spiritual, you have to be a hermit. You have to go into the temple, right? Even hermits work hard. That's right. And, 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 and it doesn't mean that they have to only work hard. In fact, 
to become awakening, you need to work hard too. Right. You have, to be, you have to be in the world. You have to be in the right condition. Right. It is, the, the Buddha or Jesus doesn't have to do that. You have to work hard for 25 years. Right, right. So you don't need to work hard too. You don't have to sacrifice anything. St. Paul was making tents. So t- that's exactly the idea that if they all can do that, right? Yeah. Living in this world is much easier. You don't have to go hunt for your food. You have much time to be with you, sure. with yourself, right? So in fact, this is the best time of the human history that we have more awakened people. Right. Because First, we have 7 billion people to begin with. Yeah, we have more people. <laughs> but we also, I think we also have people have more leisure time than they've ever had. That's right. And it's a collective knowledge that pass on from generation to generation. They're still kept in text. Just read the right books. Talk to the right gurus or listen to the right videos. It's easier to share That's truth, right. right? That's why this. I believe that at this moment is the first time in human history that we can call mass awakening. Mass awakening. I I know what put massive in in the in the in the words of my children's the, generation they would say at the same time they would say woke woke are you woke are you woke okay that is a new mass awakening are you woke that's yeah. right but of course they are woke in terms of uh, people talking uh, not seriously about it well, no no but you, but you know what they're saying is. And, and I think what they're trying to explain is that, you know, every generation, hopefully, like in the United States, has awakening. There's words my grandparents used about minorities that we don't use anymore mm-hmm. because it's offensive. There's ways that I was raised talking about, for example, you know, people being gay or, mm-hmm. or people with disabilities we would call retarded. Those words that we don't, that I'm not supposed to use anymore, that I'm still trying to mm-hmm. get out of my vocabulary. Um, and I think every generation hopefully mm-hmm. progresses mm-hmm. and looks back at their parents or their grandparents. It's mm-hmm. like, how could you do that? How could you say that? Mm-hmm. We don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. That to me is what woke is. It's about saying, wait a minute, we've progressed. We've moved on. Mm-hmm. I think per this conversation, hopefully part of it is saying, mm-hmm. I'm so happy we came from there and I'm so happy we've moved to where we are today. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I think what awakening or woke is all mm-hmm. about. Is that consistent with what you think it is or you think differently about it? Absolutely. I, I, I also believe in that, but I might call it another term. Yeah. And I don't even care about what kind of term they use it. Yeah. But the nature of it is, it's not one person living in some part of the world and trying to find enlightenment and actually found it on their own right. in the forest. It's not about one person out in the forest trying to figure it out. It's a different times. And I think right now, if there are going to be a lot of Buddhas, or because everybody nature is so, so a buddha is somebody who's found enlightenment is that right that's right so so if they're going to be is it a long journey or can you happen instantaneously it depends on what you believe gradual okay. or sudden it doesn't matter but the whole thing is i believe that with seven billion people to begin with yeah with the, the kind of information that we have sure the experience that we have and the knowledge and the wisdom of the ancient people sure still kept intact right plus the connection that everybody are connected right with the technology today it will definitely contribute to massive awakenings of humankind to elevate the total collective consciousness as a whole and also as individual that's incredible so how does let's say that i say okay you know what bobby i want to i want to be enlightened i want to awaken mm-hmm. i want to discover how do i do that the, uh, of course do you meditate you can ask so many people of course but you will need... 
I don't want to ask so many people. I want to ask you. You will need to have that urge to become enlightened to begin with. Okay. So you have to have it inside you. You need to have that urge. You have to want it. But you cannot have that urge before enlightenment. Tell me about that. So you can't have the urge until you have enlightenment? You need to cling to something, but clinging will never get you there. Right. But you need to cling to begin. So you, so you have to want it, you have to try, and then you have you to have realize to not it. trying is how you're going to get there. But, uh, along the way, you have to learn how to balance it. Right. So, But uh, I think this whole thing, there are so many people in the world today that can teach people how to, to enlighten, right? You can point them in the direction or maybe that's point the them word. what not to do. That's the, that's the word, pointing. That is the, that is the best thing anyone can do. Okay. The rest, it has to be the person because you don't have to do anything to be enlightened. That's the truth. David. You don't have to do anything. The mistake that we all have and the uh, illusion, one of the biggest illusion for humankind is for us to understand mistakenly that we have to do something to deserve. Right. We think we are not complete. There's nothing we can do to deserve it. We think we are, we are incomplete. We, need, we think that we have to add something to us or we have to do something so we can deserve. Right. right. We're used to jumping through hurdles. There's we no hurdles to this. We are setting up a journey. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But in fact, the destination is the destination where it never, you never leave. Right. You never actually leave it. You're it's already, like, you're already here. Like Ramda saying in the book, be right here. There's so many books out there. You are here. Eckhart Tolle, the power of now, whatever. Everybody yeah. is trying. They are trying to tell us that stop the search. Stop. Stop worrying. Stop scrambling. But you need stop the search fighting. To get here. Yeah. And after you know where you are and you're certain that, okay, you're on the right track, stop the search yeah. and find that in, 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 in here. And I think that it took a while. It took quite a while. It took me quite a while to, to realize this. Now, the whole thing that people ask and people have this kind of confusion is that, so if you're enlightened, you're not supposed to be smoking cigarettes. You're not supposed to be drinking coffee. Yeah. That is another kind of ignorance <laughs> because people have that kind of meaning attached to enlightenment again right so and what what what, what good does it do for enlightenment and you're still uh drinking coffee that's mean the person has some some issue with coffee right you see the person who think like that have co issue with coffee and have issue with enlightenment and have issue with the person who are gaining enlightenment right and having issue with himself you see the whole idea right we have to forget about all this and then just leave alone the idea that people need to get to enlightenment and in fact they don't need to. The thing that they have to work hard is to keep that enlightenment. Anyone can get to enlightenment suddenly. Right. But it doesn't stay. How do you maintain it? How do you maintain it? And what about response that you have to get from impulse of living in this world? I think that's where meditation and awareness make that's a right. huge impact because you start to realize, look, you're a mountain. These things are going to be happening around you. Exactly. They, they aren't the mountain. Uh -huh. So enlightenment is easy. Right. But sustain enlightened state. Yeah. So that's mean everybody's enlightened in some way. Sure. So that's why I'm telling, am I enlightened? Are you? Everybody is enlightened in some way compared We've to... We've all had some experience. We don't have to compare to the monkeys. Right. Compared to your parents. Right. There's something you are more enlightened than your parents' generation. I hope so. Yeah. And, 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 and your parents' generation has something. 
Well, like I was saying, we were saying that at dinner tonight, my son Skylar was there and we were talking about his own journey and mm-hmm. things he's been wrestling with and, and absolutely and his spiritual thing. And, and um, so he is more enlightened. Well, than, it's than us in the beginning at the same age. It's like I said, my grandparents had very different views of religion, and spirituality than my mm-hmm. parents did. And, and my wife and I have different views of it than our parents did. And with my kids, you know, uh, we were talking about how they've both, both my sons have both struggled with it and identified with it in ways that are both, um, I would argue, you mm-hmm. may, maybe deeper and more profound than I did in my own life. Mm-hmm. And so rather than argue with my kids about what they're doing, I try to watch them mm-hmm. and understand it and be available to them because mm-hmm. I think that's how, I mean, I wished, my, my parents were that way to a degree. I just, you know, I think the more we do it and practice it, the more we realize this is kind of maybe this stage in my life where I'm supposed to be available mm-hmm. to my kids. And I think to, to everybody's journey, right? It's, um, it's not about, it's, it's not about an, an there's no, there's no answer key. Mm-hmm. It's about wrestling with these truths. I mean, the great, it, we grew up in the Christian tradition in the stories in the Bible. It's the, you know, how did, how did God pick, uh, Jacob? Mm-hmm. By wrestling with him, mm-hmm. how do you pick David? By wrestling with him, how do you pick any of the prophets? I mean, none of the great prophets or king were amazing people. They were usually like the worst people, mm-hmm. and those are the ones God God that's picks, right? right? And I think that's fascinating. And and the, it's the people who are willing to struggle with the truth that are what mm-hmm. God calls you know cut from His cloth mm-hmm. after His heart, the people of the thing itself that we're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever that God is. And I think to your point, you know, one is we need to be available and open and consciously engaging, wrestling, Mm -hmm. not wrestling, Mm -hmm. right? Being there for it. I think the other piece of it is, is um, not trying to fight people who are wrestling with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, being, being aware that the people who are wrestling with it the hardest, who have the most questions and the biggest struggle aren't the ones who are the least spiritual among us. It's mm-hmm. probably the ones who are the most spiritual. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones we're looking for. And it's mm-hmm. that, that, con- that struggle and that peace and that struggle and that peace where we, where we wrestle and we release, mm-hmm. we wrestle and we release, where we start to find the dance mm-hmm. that it's all about. Can I say this? You, you can. You can say anything you want. So if we put Jesus here, Buddha here. So you're putting Jesus and Buddha on the top? Like uh, the most spiritual yeah. person. Yep. Yeah. The, the most enlightened, mind. right? Yeah. Yeah, most enlightened. So if this kind of people are. Wait, on but the wait, top, is Jesus on top or Buddha on Jesus top? Jesus and Buddha, same. Okay. Same. I mean, this kind of people. <laughs> Jesus and Buddha, this kind of sage. Yeah. We'll put them on the okay. same level. The enlightened people. Got it. Yeah, yeah. If you put that right there, right? Yeah. Who would be next in line? I'll come back after I have a pee break. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, who would be the second? So we okay, talking. so we're back. So if Jesus, Buddha, and those kind of uh, leader yeah. are at the top as the most spiritual person, who would be next as a second? Who would be? Who would be? I, you've got me. Who? Who's next? An atheist. Tell me about that. Why is an atheist next? Not common people. So, but you can feel something in, in, in this, this... No, I, I actually think I know exactly where you're going, but mm-hmm. help explain that because that's a confusing because, comment. Because uh, the whole idea of an atheist who is a person who doesn't believe in the existence of God... An atheist doesn't believe in the existence of God. Right. Right. In English. So they've, they have they've said, 
whatever idea of God I've inherited or was born into, I'm going to remove that from my mm -hmm. life and I'm going to choose nothing. So a prerequisite uh, in order to understand and experience absolute truth right. is to throw away everything. So in order to actually get to truth, you have yeah. to get, get rid of your, the, the truths yeah. that you inherited from somebody else. That's right. So think about the person who believe in God. Yeah. And the second person who are normal people believe and also not believe, but don't declare themselves as spiritual and also don't declare themselves as atheist. Right. Another kind of person who totally declares themselves as atheist. So one thing that the atheist and the spiritual person have in common, what is that one thing? The atheist and who? And the spiritual or the enlightened person. The one thing they have in common is they're both thinking about God. That's right, David! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, oh my goodness. That, that's right. Right. So I think I... I By the way, I was guessing on that, but I'm but happy this, I got it, I analogy, got it right. This I, I think I read is from somewhere in the Hindu text. When Hanuman talked to... Um, the monkey king, right? The monkey king, yeah, talked to Rama. Right. The Ram. He said this. Rama's God, right? Rama's God, yes. He said this, Hanuman said this, when I don't know you, I'm your servant. Oh, wow. When Monkey King says, when I don't know you, God, that's when I'm your servant. But when I know who I am, I am you. But when I know who I am, then I know then I, I am you because that means I know you in me. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So there's only one subject perception. I means there's no object. There's only subject. But the illusion creating David and me so you see me as an object. I see you as a subject, right? In a day-to-day -day basis. Right. We, 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 we see things. As, as we grow up as children, we start to separate ourselves from our parents, right? That's right. And, um, and uh, ways that... Uh, ancient, it's the ego, right? The ego, and also not only ego, but it's the nature of this three-dimensional world right. that needs to have time and space. And separation. And separation uh, happens all together right. for us. So we can identify who we are and who you are. That is right. I think, I think, I think, you see, the sudden school is real. Right. We, we all understand this. Everybody nowadays understands this more easily than people a thousand years ago. Right. But the whole thing is we don't have to communicate much. I didn't say anything new. But whatever I say, it resonates with what you already believe. Sure. So you choose what I say, or I say what, 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 what you choose. Well, and in this yeah. in, in this interview, what I what I try and do when I'm interviewing people is I try and hear them, and then I try and repeat mm -hmm. it, or I maybe interject an idea mm -hmm. to see if I'm understanding mm -hmm. what they're saying, and then I'm asking you, I'm saying something that I'm asking if I'm getting mm -hmm. it correct because I, I actually want people to correct me mm -hmm. or to tell me, well, maybe it's like mm -hmm. that, but here's how it, how it really is. So here it's not about correct or not correct, right? It's about sure. my experience and your experience. Right. So what I'm telling is my experience, and if my experience resonates with you, then. It's our truth. Only two. Truth right. for you and me only. We share this. That's it. Well, maybe then, the listeners share. And then the listener, they also share, and then, <laughs> right. then they become our truth. Right. We but share it together. But the whole thing, truth is very subjective. Truth is relative. So therefore, they are mean the truth. Right. So we have to go beyond the concept of true or false. That is a concept of non-duality, which is very hard to explain. But the closest it is. I can... Although I think the funny thing is when you travel the world and you work with a lot of different people, and I like to say this 
you know, when you meet, when you work with people like in our business, all over the world, brown skin, mm-hmm. white skin, black skin, whatever, mm-hmm. I mean, pick your color, pick your religion, mm-hmm. pick your language. There's all these things that make us different. Mm-hmm. But as you find, you build, you know, when you're in our business, we're find, looking for common ground, not mm-hmm. looking for differences. Mm-hmm. We're looking for how we can work together, not how we can be separate. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not worried about trying to be different tribes. We're trying to be in the same tribe. Mm-hmm. When you start focusing on the same, how we're, how we're similar, you start to realize, well, wait a minute, we're all people underneath all this. Mm-hmm. And then I think you start to realize there's a lot of shared truths we have together. Mm-hmm. And if we focus on what we agree on, all of a sudden you start having this overwhelming mm-hmm. sense that we're really, really similar, even though there may be all these things that like, people like to focus mm-hmm. on that make us different. At the end of the day, we have so many shared truths together mm-hmm. that all these other things don't matter. Mm-hmm. Is that... Is that consistent with what you're trying to say yes and that is only one manifestation of it right i think maybe that's a very simple manifestation there are so many kind of manifestation of the same particular reality that there's no such thing as truth and i hate to say it and i believe that i even well truth is a construct right truth is something that we're trying to put a box around it's a human need it's a mind need to be certain right and and even i mean look all the great philosophers have struggled with this Mm -hmm. Plato talked about the forms. I mean, it's it comes down to, you know, we're trying to identify these common understandings that we have where we have great agreement and say, this is truth. And the fact of the matter is those things change with the experiences that we have. That is exactly what ultimately, it is. Ultimately, right. So I think that's the, the whole idea. So I think today is just only like a dinner talk. Yeah, this we is just share whatever we feel. There's no constructive, uh, you know, platform of how we're going to talk about <laughs> it. We just you know go by our our instinct and impulse no and and i I think but i also think you know hopefully we've helped some people break through some barriers Mm -hmm. where they felt like they were locked in a box Mm -hmm. that they had to behave to a certain set of rules or a certain Mm -hmm. set of truths that somebody told them was the thing that defined their life and you know i just hope that a conversation like this maybe if it doesn't answer any questions maybe it helps set some people free mm-hmm. or sets starts them on a journey where they can get free mm-hmm. where they can realize you don't need to do this for somebody else this isn't about you know what somebody told you is right or wrong mm-hmm. it's it's really about identifying what's going to help you do the right thing right now in every moment mm-hmm. of every day mm-hmm. so that you don't want to arrive someplace else. You're not worried about what you did in the past. You're mm-hmm. focused on making this moment right now the best life you can possibly live. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge barrier for people to break through. And I really appreciate a, a very successful couple like you and Nucci, mm-hmm. Bobby, taking the time not only to spend this this afternoon and evening with mm-hmm. me, but to take the time to do a podcast mm-hmm. to share those ideas with people who are listening. Mm-hmm. I think this is very exciting. Mm-hmm. And I think it's taking you know, not just our business, but our world and our lives together in a totally new direction. So thank you. And same here. Thank you to you, David, for for having the passion and continuing passion to do things more than just uh, making a living. <laughs> things that are more just on impacting people's life by the podcast that you are trying to do. And I can feel that. And thank you very much for having me and Nochi here. It's a, it's a huge honor for, for me. So um, thank you. You know, this is the Kick Aspirational Podcast. It is not a spectator sport. We hope that you engage, that you participate, that you ask questions, that you send me comments, and uh, that whatever you do this week, that you are and you become and you just be Kick Aspirational.